Here we are. It's a true story. It's 2.33 on your Tuesday afternoon, uh, the 10th of uh, January. You know, Chris, I meant to bring this up on Monday, and I didn't get to it. Carrie Fisher was buried. Her ashes were buried, placed in a, uh, a, you know, people are saying it was a giant Prozac pill urn. It was actually an antique Prozac pill from the 50s, and it was one of her prized possessions. And uh, she was buried in that after uh, her and her mother died a day apart. And that happened uh, last week. Todd Fisher gave, you know, the particulars behind the private service to the press. And I thought that was interesting. I thought, you know, uh, it's a fitting way for her to go because she did have some problems with uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, and uh, she was very vocal about it. You know, people are comparing that HBO documentary, Bright Lights, starring Carrie Fisher and uh, Debbie Reynolds. It's basically the new Grey Gardens. Have you seen Grey Gardens? No, I haven't, but I've heard it's good. It's a great documentary, and uh, it's actually about um, uh, JFK's wife, Jackie. She had some relatives that uh, were, you know, a high society at the time. They were, uh, I think they might have been first cousins. And uh, this woman and her daughter basically end up living in this dilapidated mansion uh, with a bunch of uh, raccoons and such. And it's, uh, I think it was shot in the 70s. Fascinating documentary. Highly recommend it. Uh, and, and this actually leads to something else I heard about recently. You know, Fred Armisen and Bill Hader, both SNL uh, alumni, they actually uh, have a new show out. It's called Documentary Now. And I have not seen it yet where they actually replicate documentaries. They parody parody them almost shot for shot. It's hilarious. And so uh, Bill Hader plays little Edie in Grey Gardens. And she she's this eccentric uh, character who wears skirts on her head and stuff like that. Anyhow, uh, he's wearing track pants on his head. It's quite funny. I just want to throw that out there. For people that are looking for something new to watch on TV. Uh, if you don't watch a lot of TV and you like to get out to the clubs, specifically to watch some live music, Hughes Room shutting its doors after... Um, you know, it, its owner, their owner, uh, Richard Carson, the club's owner, says, you know, he just can't keep that 200-person uh, capacity club running. It's right at Dundas Street West. I used to live across the street from it in a three-story walk-up. Did you know Hugh? No, I did not. But Hugh was his brother who passed away. Oh. So he, he named it in honor of Hugh. Um, and it was a great place to see music. It was like a little supper club. It was, uh, it was a great – you mainly saw people that were unplugged there. And uh, unfortunately said just couldn't keep it going. I have worries about this, Chris, because I think that if we don't keep these clubs in business, then it might be the demise of, um, you know, those just kind of folky bands. Like if you don't have a place to, to grow into your talent and, and practice your craft in a well, mid-sized room, uh, you know, I don't think it's great. It's kind of like you need a, a you need a crappy basement to play in before you start selling out arenas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of these places I know that uh, sort of – are limping along. I, I like the. I was recently at the uh, Silver Dollar, and, and most of the people there were friends of the bands. Yeah. So that's nice. That, you know, people are out there to support their their friends and whatnot. But without a venue where people are just going to go to explore new music, I think that you know, th- these places are slowly going to disappear. And I think that the reason partially is is that the, this generation goes out to find new music on the internet. Yep. And the 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 crappy basement has stopped being a, a dive bar and they've it's become the YouTube. And that's and that's where you go before you you know you're going right from the garage to the to the stadiums. Except now. you're going right uh, from your bedroom because usually you're not even in a garage. That's true. Yeah, the garage I mean, band so is we- no more. You know what I find really weird? It's like those people that put their videos up of them in mm. their bedroom like with just their crap behind them. 
Like, can't you just clean put up a, a little? I mean, try a little harder. Like, hang a curtain for God's sake. Try and look a little more professional. I, I know some guys in How a band hard is that? who yeah. are putting out some uh, videos and stuff, and one of the. <laughs> The the sort of the antithesis of that is spending so much time worried about the decor of where their YouTube video is right. going to be that they actually don't record anything. Right. They're too stressed out about it. Uh, Martin Scarelli, you know this guy, he's the uh, former U.S. drug executive. He was dubbed Pharma Bro, and he uh, raised that price of that life-saving drug by uh, 5,000%. Real charmer. Anyhow, uh, he's in the news again after a freelance reporter named Lauren Duca wrote this piece for Teen Vogue, and it was critical of Trump. And he's a Trump supporter. And so uh, he has he basically went on Twitter on Twitter rather and tweeted about trying to date her and then sent her an invitation uh, on Thursday to attempt uh, to attend uh, Trump's January 20th inauguration as his guest. So she replies back on Twitter. I'd rather eat my own organs. Clearly a funny person. And he then posts a collage of photos of her and updates his profile picture with a photo of Duca and her husband showing his face superimposed over her husband's face as his Twitter profile picture. How creepy is that? That's a fair bit of work for just like general like uh, Twitter spat stalking. Yeah. And so she tweets out on Sunday, what's going on? She uh, retweets it to the executive of uh, the chief executive of Twitter and, and says, how are you allowing this on social media? I feel sick. He has now been suspended. He's not allowed to tweet anymore. Now, here's the thing. I wonder if that would happen to a regular person or, you know, because there's such a he, this guy's such a lightning rod for you know, social media anger that they've uh, decided to make an example of him. Hard to know. Uh, You know, uh, when we're talking about social media here, I want to just move over to Instagram. And this is a time where, you know, South Park could be right about real life. Hello, Kyle. We're from Apple. We're all ready for you now. What? Ready for what? To fulfill the agreement. Can we get a weight, please? 83 pounds, sir. What agreement? 83 pounds. Good. Let's get the blood work. Hey, you can't do that. You agreed we could take all the blood we needed. What are you talking about? When you downloaded the last iTunes update, a window on your screen popped up and asked you if you agreed to our terms and conditions. You clicked agree. All right, let's get him to the water tank. The water tank? I'm not going with you. You've agreed to all of this. You know, and a lot of us do agree uh, to the terms and services, and we don't even read them. Uh, This uh, task force was set up in Britain. Uh, They named it Growing Up Digital because they found that more than a third of Internet users are younger than 18, uh, with 12 to 15-year-olds spending more than 20 hours a week online. And they asked them to read Instagram's terms of use in total. And it runs at least seven printed pages, more than 5,000 words. And these teenagers' eyes just basically glazed over. And they realized that, you know, they weren't comprehending what was being written. So this lawyer went through it and decided to rewrite the company's terms in uh, plain English. And once again, hard to understand. So she broke it down even more and has uh, the following paragraph which was, you know, quite a lengthy paragraph. She broke it down into don't use anybody else's account without their permission or try to find out their login details. And then she went through other complex paragraphs. Don't bully anyone or post anything horrible about people. Officially, you own any original pictures and videos you post, but we are allowed to use them and we can let others use them as well. Anywhere around the world. That other people, yeah, other people may pay us to use them 
uh, and we will not pay you for that. Wow, making money on you right there. You've agreed to it on Instagram, just so you know. And lastly, this one will bug you even more, Chris. Although you're responsible for the information you put on Instagram, we may keep, use, and share your personal information with companies connected with Instagram. This information includes your name, email address, school, where you live, pictures, phone number, your likes and dislikes, where you go, who are your friends, how often you use Instagram, and any other personal information we find, such as your birthday or who you are chatting with, including your private messages, DMs, well, direct the, messages. That, that's a head scratcher. That that's actually in the terms and conditions. You know, I I reminds you agreed me of, to them. I know that reminds me of the uh, the chive had uh, terms of services that uh, actually you agreed to sign over all uh, rights to your mom. And oh, really? so someone actually had to go in and have that uh, changed because they they knew no one was reading it. Yeah. So they put that, it buried that's, that into it. Actually, the lawyer. It's like the brown M&Ms, <laughs> right? I mean, it, everybody knows that story, don't they? The lawyer who uh, behind that rewrite, uh, I am in communication with her. So we may have her on the show later this week. Perfect. Okay. I'm going to just tell you the brown M&M story because I'm pretty sure it was, who's the band? The band is Sings. Ju- no, the band Sings Jump. Van Halen. Anyways, I think it was Van Halen uh, used to say in their rider that uh, we need um, all the brown M&Ms taken out of the M&Ms in the backstage. And the reason why they put that in the rider is if they saw any brown M&Ms, they knew that the people uh, dealing with the production of the show did not read the fine print inside all of the the particulars to their stage setup, the pyro and everything. If they didn't pay attention to the rider, then we got a check for safety. It was really interesting.